Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, one and all, and welcome to Book Off, the literary podcast with a difference. I'm Joe Haddo, and joining me around the table today are two wickedly witty women. My first guest is an award-winning comedian, actor, and writer who we all know from absolutely fabulous Helen Lederer, welcome. Oh, it's lovely to be here. Uh, and joining her to go head-to-head in a war of the words is stand-up comedian and writer Shazia Mirza. Hello to you too. Hello. Hi. What a joy. Sorry to make you climb all those stairs. Well, I mean, it's, it's not Helen's very fair. Helen's dead now. <laughs> Helen's an A&E. The nice technical person said they were unforgiving, which is a very mild way of saying very, very steep incredibly steep um but i'm thrilled to be here i've got my asthma spray i've sat down we're here and she's on her stretcher <laughs> she's, she can't she can't stand up but you know it's, she's all right she's here um absolutely lovely to have you both here and we're here to talk books and a bit later on you'll each be pitching one that you love in the book off and i see both of them you've actually physically brought them and put them on the table here which is mm. which is a good omen um do you do you think it's going to be a little bit competitive later on between you two well helen is very competitive. <laughs> competitive <laughs> ever since she started in absolutely fabulous yes. and that you did yes. yes that's right there was only room for one woman yes. and uh, it's been very competitive ever since yes although there is a comradeship lurking beneath mm. out of sheer necessity because there's so few of us yes yes, yes. yes. we have to whether we, we like have. each other or not we have to we stick have. together it's, it's compulsory you will and you shall yeah. yes yeah. Um, before we we go into the book of that I want to talk about a new literary prize Helen that you've you've launched. Tell us a little bit about Comedy Women in Print for those that might not have seen it. Yes. So um, when I wrote my first novel, uh, Losing It, I looked around rather hopefully for a prize to win, um, <laughs> as one does. I mean, there's no point doing anything if you don't get a prize, is there? Um, and actually, in real life, I did get nominated. I've never won anything in my life except the position badge aged 11. But I was nominated for the PG Woodhouse Comedy Literary Award. And so that's great. And I'm very, very grateful to be nominated. However, there, there is, there was no prize for funny female fiction at all. There just wasn't. I researched it. So I then had this idea, and you know that thing, just it's nodding away. You have an idea, right? And then you go, oh, I either forget about this or I see it through to the end. So yeah. four years on, this I launched it when I was in Edinburgh last year. And in July of this year, we have the winner's event. And there are two categories, unpublished and published. The unpublished category wins a publishing deal with Harper Fiction and the published gets some money. And Shazia is one of an amazing set of judges. The support we've had from 
people who are in comedy, like mm. connoisseurs in mm. comedy. And because of Shazir's uh, support, Marion Keys, I don't think this would have happened. So that, you know, we were joking before about being competitive, which we are, but I mean, my generation, I'm fine with Shazir. Um, as long as people don't copy me and she hasn't. But um, <laughs> um, but but it, it demonstrates the support and the interest and it will go into year two. Right. Yeah. What was surprising for us, like the judges, is that there had never been a prize like this before. Mm. Like we just thought, well, there's loads of funny women out there because we know because we work with them every day. There's loads of funny women writers because we read them every day. But we never knew that there had never been a prize yeah. for with funny women ever. No. Like this had never been recognised, which totally perpetuates the already negative stereotype that women are not funny. Exactly. And so it was so strange. It was so, such a surprise. We were like, oh, hasn't this been done? Uh, exactly. And 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 because we had sort of began as stand-up uh, women, uh, comics who write our own material, um, it was important to sort of ring fence the difference with this. Like this is for funny female fiction mm. it's not stand up that's looked mm. after there are Ooh. many many uh, contenders for the stand up side mm. and so uh, as you was saying it didn't exist and it can grow in other categories so i think it's oh the implications are, are, are more but i think it, it, there's a difference between uh, rewarding performers which is great mm. and actually just saying but more women write funny fiction and more women read it, and yet there's no prize mm. um, that that um, is appropriate for them. Tell us about the rest of your uh, fellow judges then, if you wouldn't mind. Well, uh, Katie Brand is a fellow judge who's a very good friend of mine and stand-up comedian, character actress, writer herself, written already one book, writing another book. And... Um, these are women, Marianne Keyes, who's very funny, writes, has written loads of great books. These are women that work in the industry and have worked in the industry for a very long time and know their craft. Mm. And it's about the craft because we're going to be reading these books and we're not judging them because they're women or because we all have a different sense of humour. I might find something funny and another judge might not think it's funny. We're judging it on the quality and the craft of the writing as though there was no gender involved at all. And that is what is the most important thing. And for us, we work in the industry all the time. We write every day. We perform every night. This is what we do. Mm. And so I think every one of us is qualified to make some kind of judgment uh, and a different judgment because we're all different women. There's lots of different ethnicities, ages, uh, backgrounds involved in the judging panel. It's a very diverse panel. Absolutely. And, and uh, you put your finger right, because everyone who's judging knows the stuff, but essentially is proven to be witty. Mm. And I... Uh, the whole thing about one person's joke as another person's disaster, you know, it is so personal. Mm. Uh, we both know, don't we, how yeah. quickly when we're being trying to be funny or <laughs> ostensibly being funny and it doesn't land and you go, and it, you either blame the audience, which is not a good thing. You or blame, blame a man because blame, he usually doesn't get it. That's it's handy. often, we could it's go often down. the case. That's a proven fact. A proven fact or expedient, but that's yeah, another Because it's not about him, that's why. Ever. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, so we, but what we have is a collective of people who are empirically do the stuff of which I find um, yeah I, I have a particular kind of humour 
uh, that we'll talk about in our books. Uh, well, in in the book, I don't know if Shazia chose a humorous book. She's rather serious at times. And you chose a book from a man, which I feel I, it just goes against everything that we're standing for bold, today. Emboldened <laughs> to do it because the parody is I've set up the prize. So back in your box. Um, so um, so that gives you yes, the right I do. To drag I'm men claiming into it. This. I'm claiming it. There's a context. Um, I'm hardcore, you know. That's fine. Uh, men are not allowed. Uh, all comers welcome. So the whole point here is that humour is very personal, very individual, very diverse. transient, diverse, uh, instinctive, you know, you name it. And that's why people argue about it, get mm. passionate about mm. it. When you hate um, comedy, you hate mm. it. When you love comedy, you love it. So in the judging rooms, oh my word, I'm going to hide under the table. I'm not allowed to judge myself. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I'd give a prize to everyone because of my neurosis. But I think it will be a very passionate, uh, empowering and interesting experience because humour is so individual and you can't bottle it and you can't define it, but it does exist or it doesn't exist in our eyes, like beauty. Can I ask you both about the actual writing of comedy material and as comedians on the stage and also women who've written funny fiction as well, funny books, is there a, a marked difference in the way you approach both of those different things? Well, with stand-up, is a bit like music to me. There is a rhythm to it, and I can't explain that rhythm. I feel it. So when I'm writing something, there is a rhythm to what I'm writing, and then the punchline comes, and I feel that punchline, and I know when it's written on the page whether it's going to be funny or not. And then usually I go and try it out and two or three times, and I'll know definitely whether it works or not. But it's like a rhythm when you're writing. It's like music. It's like la, 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 la. Punchline, yeah, that's the funny bit. Mm. And it's different to when I'm writing um, a book or writing a column because there's more narrative involved with that and I can go on for a long time without a punchline and there can be minor punchlines along the way. But when you're doing stand-up, it really has to have a... You, you're, you're making a room full of people laugh rather than an individual. Mm. When someone's reading a book, it's just them reading a book. But um, when I'm writing, when I'm writing stand up and I'm performing to like 200 people, those 200 people have to laugh at, together at the same point for you to feel that impact. So it's a different type of rhythm for me. That's mm. so interesting. I so agree with you. I mean, this is the thing because we both do it. We mm. know. And I hadn't done it for a long time, and I went back to Edinburgh last year to to get back to do it. And you're absolutely right. But I, it's rhythm you know too many words in one line as you rightly know will not get you a laugh and you and you go back and you go why and it just has to land in the partly in the way you say it the way you deliver it but it's about rhythm but also I think when you read on the page we all know you Joe you read endless books we know this you're going to know probably in the first page or quite early on and I think that's still to do with flow and rhythm uh, they used to write longer 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 sentences probably in the past in the 30s or Ian Forster, mm. very long sentence. So we do shorter sentences now, but it's still, is it easy on the ear? And sometimes when you're writing fiction, they say, read it out loud. But because of the stand-up background, I can hear it said. Mm. So I think the best work is as if somebody is just telling it to you. It's just immediate impact. No, no extra. No extra words. Don't want extra words. Doesn't work. 
And did you two meet through comedy? Were you in Edinburgh together? Um, Helen was drunk one night um, in some public toilet or on some staircase somewhere. I think you'd collapsed. And um, you were drunk and you went, oh, judges, prize, can you be on the panel? And I just got dragged into this. Yes. No, that's not true. It's completely not true. That was just a Tuesday night. That was was a Christmas party and I had had a couple. But um, we actually did um, meet at some... Was it a gala? I'm throwing that word in because I quite like it. I'd love it it if it was. Palladium, wasn't it? The London Palladium. Sort of close, but not as big. Um, And it was like women... We were on the same bill. It was a bill, yeah. And... um, and uh, it's a male world. Sorry, male word. A bill. Sorry. And um, we um, we were doing the same gig, and I think we just that's when I first Ooh. met you, and then I saw you rise to huge stardom. I absolutely loved to hear in that program where she was very bold and strong, where you had to be on the Bear Grylls Island. Have you ever seen that, Joe? Mm. So I thought, whoa, this woman can do that as well and mm. kind of keep a team together. So great qualities. But most of all, because she's funny. So I think, but with the circuit, because I'm older and I've been around longer than you, although I took a, a long break, we would not we would be aware of each other's work. Mm. We're yeah. sort of similar vintage, except I'm a lot older. But the thing is also, when, when Helen started, was one of the pioneers of comedy. Mm. You know, there was Joe Brown, there was Helen, uh, there was Jenny Eclair. And there were so few women when Helen started, like you, three or four, really, that prominent women that you could name. Yeah. Two and of them had the same name, Jenny. <laughs> Jenny Lacote, Jenny Eclair, so it was easier for the compare to remember the name. And then there was and me, you were Helen. Jo- you were Joe Brown sometimes, <laughs> weren't you? I'd answer to anything. Yeah. And, and, and then as time has gone on, obviously there's loads of women now compared to when you first started. But that, that's that been a very slow kind of progress. So mm. any women that came along, we all knew each other or we definitely knew of each other's work. So that's how we kind of heard of each other because we'd know, yeah. you'd know. You'd just see names on a bill or names on a circuit and you'd go, oh, yeah. there's another woman. And it, and it's, um, the, it, you know, not replicated. There's a lot more women. Mm. It still isn't the same parity. And then there's that whole hoo-ha about getting... Uh, two women on panels now and all that. Well, I I just deal with that. I just don't get asked on panels. So mm. I do, but I'm very very happy not to be at a party I'm not invited to. That's another thing about being middle aged is you just go. <laughs> why would I want to go there if they don't um, want to ask me? Why would yeah. I go? But I think in those days, um, yeah, there were a lot of boundaries, a lot of norms that had mm. to be altered socially, and so the world has changed since. Mm. As you kindly say, you know, I was there. And we were quite competitive because there were so few of us. There was very little work. Yeah. So we, it was kill or be killed, but don't copy. You were in Edinburgh last year, Helen. As you said, you, you sort of made a return there because you hadn't been for a while. Are you Any plans to do that show this year or later in the year? Well, um, I, I went back and, and it had been 14 years. And the, uh, the I think the first time I was in Edinburgh was in 1983. Uh, that was the year I got thrust from Ben Elton. Uh, no, that was that, the year I was born. Oh, that's you But then, 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 then I think it was thrust. It could have been the yeast from Ten Lagers a night. Uh, so long ago, I can't remember. That was a punchline. But, but thanks for uh, sharing that. Um, so that uh, decides. Well, that's amazing. You were born in '83, and that was when I was st- I started. Then there's a gap. I went back. I did the whole thing. Uh, sold out. Um, Small theatre, obviously, <laughs> very. I said, "What is the smallest, smallest theatre?" And it was the smallest. Thing? I thought I just start small. I don't like. I can't do big places. I had no desire to do the big ones. Um, 
ended up owing money miraculously. But anyway, but that Shazir and I had that conversation about um, Edinburgh is uh, people know how to make money now and it's got very big. But I'm glad I went back. I didn't join the thing of, oh, I'm going to tour it now because why? Because I'm doing Comedy Women in Print Prize yeah. and I've never, I'm turning myself into a woman who has to keep going to meetings, uh, technical things without the support of people doing this. I had no idea. I had no idea how complicated it is to do this, to, to run a prize. Mm. I thought it would just happen. <laughs> so that's my life for now. But but I will tour that show probably after the after the prize, you know, once once we go into year two. Great. Then I'll get back to me. Because it is happening. The prize is happening. The prize is happening. Mm. Um, and, and Shazia, are you... Um, out on the road at the moment with your own stuff? Well, I did um, my last show. Um, I did, I toured it for six months, mm. which is a long time. Mm. God. It's and it's grueling. very tiring. And, you know, travel lodges and all I was going to say, was it a travel lodge? Yeah. Being, nice towels or I not? Mean, I just, Nothing, it's so depressing not to have a fresh towel. They've all got the same carpet. I mean, oh. it's like a prison And they've cell. got the same, <laughs> they, they actually have the same um, image. In every room, every don't room, they? Do above they? the bed, so exactly the same image. you wake up and you oh. don't know if you're in Bournemouth or Birmingham because everything looks <laughs> the same. Oh, with Lenny Henry. Is he the one? No, no, no he, he's, uh, he's, tra- he's Premier in. Oh, because they have pillows or something. Apparently that's meant to be nice at the Premier Oh, in. but you, because it's you, <laughs> you, it's you me, go... Travel Lodge. You, whichever's closest to the venue. I don't. Once you've travelled to a gig, you don't want to go any no. further. And also, no. twelve quid a night over six months—that racks up, is doesn't it? it? You yeah. know, it's 12, it probably 12 about twelve pounds. quid difference in uh, Premier Inns. Oh, in, it varies from city to city. Mm. Twelve quid in Birmingham, obviously, because no one wants to go there. But um, <laughs> Bournemouth and other well, places so that Devon. You see, I would never say that <laughs> in case oh, people wrote in but from I, Birmingham. Oh, come on, Ellen. No, I wouldn't. I am from Birmingham. I can oh, say you, that. You're allowed. So yeah. there's a lot of things. But you even can if say. I wasn't, I'd still say it. And what do you find when you turn up for your gig? Do you go there earlier and make friends with the technician? and and make him your mate. Yes, because a lot of these people, they work for free or they are like students or interns. Because, you know, these theatres are dying around the country. Art centres are dying around the country. And I love playing to these audiences who've got nothing else going on in their village. You know, you go to Banbury or something. I'm the highlight of the week. Of course. And people have turned up to see me because they think I'm Trevor MacDonald, you know. (laughs) And are they nice? Are they nice? They are lovely. Do they talk to you afterwards or do you go back to your travel lodge quickly? No, people like to talk to you sometimes I don't mind you're happy but, yeah, for a some, chat sometimes I'm so lonely I have a coffee with them well, because I, I've been travelling for miles on my own and I coffee. just want to chat no I, I'm one of those people as well afterwards I get so overexcited that people have turned up and I, I really love the literary festival um, oh, yeah. train I think I got back into stand up again just because I started loving being at literary festivals because right. yeah. I thought yeah. oh you know because it was such a battle in the 80s such, such hard you know it was hard derailing and hard not complaining because I chose to do it mm. but to then have a positive experience where people go oh they've chosen to come and then they buy the book mm. and then they, they sign the book oh. and then I get how do you spell your name Janine is that with two N's or a Y and I get and I get I, attention to detail is all and oh, then yes. and then I just yeah, hang out and bars with them I'm just like too friendly literary, <laughs> literary crowd and oh. comedy crowd are different yes Totally different. I mean, there is some overlap, but honestly, literally yeah. people probably want to talk to you about yes. your book. And ask where you got your clothes from. Yeah, and where do you get your idea from? And <laughs> yes. we love you, Helen, and all this. Yeah. Comedy people will go away and write you an email about how unfunny you are oh, no. or give you a critique. A critique. Or say they were offended. Oh, I was so offended by that, what you did. Yes. It's, 
people, comedy crowds take it very personally. Do you they reply feel... to those emails or not? Or no, some, no, yeah. they're mainly from my dad. I don't, <laughs> I don't reply. But you know, with comedy, people take it very personally. They feel that you are talking to them. Yeah. And if you're on stage, sometimes like women, when you're a woman on stage, there will be women in the audience that feel like you're representing yep. them or you're speaking for them. Yeah. And therefore they need to correct you on what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. And, you, know, it's, and you can't be, and this is the important thing, you, you can't be answerable to everyone. Mm. I remember like another show I did way back in Edinburgh and I can't remember what I was saying. I, th- I think um, at the time I talked about divorce and I was a single parent at the time. So I just sort of mentioned that, but not in a kind of, self between anyway someone left quite early on and it was um yeah and I thought oh what was it the word divorce single you know and you do you torture yourself but then you go but that's my material so what can you do you have to do you have to tell your story yeah and if some people are offended at the word turquoise then so be it and they will whatever it is looking (laughs) at my turquoise book there yes yeah and speaking of your turquoise yeah, I was book. giving you a segue. That's so kind of you. Yeah. you. You, It's like volleyball. You set it up and I just sort of knocked it over the yeah, net there. Yeah. Um, it's time for the book. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is where you each get three minutes on the clock, as you know. You don't have to use them all, though. Uh, where what, you're going to tell us... Just not speak? Do we just not speak? Just, well, you like, start you, doing your stand-up routine, you, Helen. You can do, <laughs> well, I have to remember my first line. You can do three minutes... Do three minutes of silence if you want. I nah. mean, that's quite a powerful pitch. Yeah, existentialist. Um, no, this is very much uh, your your words, your passion coming through for a book that you've each brought to the table that you think that we should all read if we haven't already. And before we decide who goes first and put the three minutes on the clock... Um, can you tell us what you've brought? Just tell us, Helen, the book that you've chosen for the book of today. I have bought Start for Ten, written by David Nichols. Excellent stuff. And what about you? Shana? And mine is Man's Search for Meaning by Victor E. Frankel. Right. <laughs> Heaven's sake. I think they're very slightly different Polarized. books, I would say. Yeah, slightly different. <laughs> now, um, you have to decide whether uh, you would like to be honked out or rung out, Helen. I've got a bell. Ooh. 
and I've got a horn. Do we each have a choice or does my choice go for both of us? No, your choice will be yours and Shazia's will be hers. Uh, So honk or rung? Honk or a bell. Oh, a bell. You will have the bell. Therefore, are you happy with the horn? Yeah, yeah, I don't mind the horn. Excellent stuff. (laughs) What a happy pair we are. Um, and in, in that case, um, it's your decision as whether you go first or second. No, ladies first. Helen, you go, <laughs> you go first. Yeah, oh, God. Okay. Helen, I'm going to put three minutes on the clock for you then to tell us all about David Nichols' Starter for Ten. Over to you. Starter for Ten was written in the 80s, which was my era, uh, by a very funny writer called David Nichols. The reason I have chosen this is I always refer to this when people say to me, what is a laugh out loud book? And, you know, whatever the thisy or the thatty, I remember being somewhere and laughing out loud. Um, And um, it was made into a film, um, but it is a sort of rite of passage book. Um, if you want to laugh out loud, you just have to read this book. It's as simple as that. I went for the I went for the jugular. Uh, Brian Jackson is the is the hero. Um, it's written with great humility. He gets things wrong. You're inside his head. He makes terrible mistakes, but every description um, of awfulness. Uh, is so easy to um, connect with. It is the most connecting book. And as we know, Ian Forster said, only connect. So this book connects. It makes you laugh. Um, And there is, I don't know how many minutes I've got uh, left, but um, there was a wonderful passage when... um, the hero goes to stay at his girlfriend's uh, posh parents uh, in the country. And I won't read, you have to read it. But um, oddly, he's there for breakfast and there's an Arga and Radio 4 and all that hoo-ha going on. And then the father um, turns and, and the parents are, are not clothed. But you have to read it. Obviously, I've killed that. But the point is, what? how would you react? It's that lack of, you know, what is normal, what is not normal. And it's how we make sense of the normal normal that makes me laugh it's like when somebody falls over and then pretends they haven't is the joke for me always I just like the deceit and the trauma in the brain I connect with it this book will make you laugh it may not be the most intellectual but it doesn't purport to be but it makes you think and it makes you love the hero I've stopped wow I cannot believe that you just spoke without well, hesitation, you know, deviation, <laughs> deviation don't repetition. Put me on I, don't, I don't need <laughs> to be at a party that I'm not invited to. I don't think I've been on just a minute. This is better. Not Joe's, this time yet. Joe, Joe's show Have you never better. been on? Well, twice, but that's it. <laughs> not recently. Then you've been on, Helen. You have oh, been, been on. on. I've been on. You've reached your quota. Oh, I've done it. Yeah. You ticked that box. <laughs> I've done it. That was two on. minutes flat, and that was a very succinct and brilliant pitch. Yes, I love no, that very much. No reputation, no deviation. No. And content, I think, you'll find. There's yeah. certainly some content. <laughs> but you don't want to give the game away, do you, to the reader? No, 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 no exactly. Um, and I'm sure you won't. Are you feeling OK after that? You, you ready what do you to, mean, to, am I feeling OK? You're ready to, to yeah. battle this? I can handle minutes? it. Yeah. Good, yeah. Okay. She's on tour, mate. Yeah. She's on tour, mate. She's on fire. Exactly. I've stayed in travel lodges, you know. Right. <laughs> oh, I can't wait Four for nights those. consecutively in a row from Birmingham to Bradford. <laughs> Joe and I this can't compete. This is hardcore. Compete. It is hardcore. Definitely can't compete with that. <laughs> at home last night. How dull is that? <laughs> Three minutes is going on the clock for you, Jezza, to tell us about a man's search for meaning. Over to you. 
So this book is called A Man's Search for Meaning by Victor E. Frankel. Uh, I have to make it clear this is not a comedy book, but it is about comedy. Uh, this was written by uh, Victor Frankel, who was a psychiatrist um, in the Nazi concentration camps in Austria in 1946. And he was in the concentration camps with his entire family, his wife, his cousins, his brothers, his sister. And they were all situated in different parts of the camp. Um, so he never knew whether his wife was alive or dead throughout the whole time he was there. And what this book is about is about survival and about life and the things that help you to survive in life. He he has deduced this um, thing called logotherapy, logotherapy, which is about how to survive in life. But he deduced this from his experiences of being in the camp. He basically said... What happened is um, his entire family perished in the concentration camps. They all died except for him. And he has written this book, which isn't very long, about why he thinks that he survived and all his family and his friends died. And he deduces that survival in life and survival in the concentration camp were due to many things. One of them was memory, is that you look back on the memories of your life, the happy memories, and you laugh. And you think, oh, my God, you remember that time I went to the seaside with my wife and she was topless and everybody's looking at her and ha, ha, ha. It was like remembering the funny times. The second thing was like helping other people within the camp. And the third thing was humour, black humour. And he said that he was going through such a bad time in there, but that they found the most small and intrinsic things to laugh about. And it made the time pass quicker. And not only did they laugh at these things, it helped them to forget their situation. And the time passed quicker and he was able to cope with the most horrific circumstances because they were making each other laugh. And he said that, that humour was a form of survival and a, a form of living life uh, in a better way. And he thinks that the reason he survived that concentration camp is because of black humour. Um, and, I mean, he didn't know that his family had died until he left. But that the reason he survived is because he got through it through funny memories and making each other laugh within the camp. And he wrote a book about it. And he said that this is a book that would help people survive in life and why everybody should watch comedy and why everybody should laugh in their life. If you don't laugh, you're, you're not living life and you will be depressed or suicidal or you will live a meaningless existence. Um, but humour is the key to living life and living it well. Oh my lord! Wow. I've got to clap. I've got to clap. You've the got girl. to, haven't you? Really? I've got to clap the girl. Bringing it in at two fifty-five as wow. well, like a pro, like someone who's been in four travel lodges on yeah. a, in a, in a so, row. Oh, yeah. and there's meaning as well. Oh, I, God, oh, there's I'm, meaning in there. Oh, I'm putting my box. There's Ooh. a lot to go at. Well, I mean, let's let's go back to you, Helen, very oh, very quickly because I love David Nichols, and actually, mm. he's not necessarily, I would say, thought of as a comic writer straight mm. away. Um, but if you think about Start of a Ten or or Us, which was a book published about four or five mm. years ago, there's there was a scene in that, for example, in Amsterdam where these bikes, he, he describes, you know, the lead character just sort of knocking a bike and then all <laughs> these bikes go. It's yeah. sort of classic yeah. humour in that farce, sense. But he, it's farce, yeah. but he writes it so well. Yeah. And what you said there about it being a laugh out loud book sometimes you just want one of them don't yep. you and you want to be sat on the train or, or or at home or wherever in a public place just just guffawing yep. and people going oh what's 
It's that's that bliss. That's bliss. And it is it? bliss. Yeah. It's absolutely bliss. And you're yeah. right about this book is is brilliant. And it was such an early book for him as well, you know, to, to be writing of that level. Absolutely. The next book he wrote was uh, The Understudy. And I was interested to learn that he had, he's always doing underdog stuff. That's mm. why I think it's it's quicker to relate to that. It's not arrogant, but it's very knowing. And the I think he was an actor and he was an understudy. But anyway, it's the same sort of mining the same terrain. Yeah. And the, mm. character, the characters are just... Mm. One of his just mm. such such a strength, you know. They stay with you, I think. Um, and then over to to, to your pitch, Shazzy. Uh, mm. I mean, what, so much to go out there. And when you first said, "Oh, it's sort of about comedy," mm. and then you tell me it's written from a you know someone who was in a concentration camp, instantly you go, "Hang on, wait, whoa, what were you saying? You got mm. that right?" And yet, this is it logotherapy. Yeah. It? That he, he he says that he that's what he he says it it's his own formula that he's based on his experience of being in a concentration camp and what made him survive dark humor black humor memories funny memories funny memories and... that so he'd be sitting by himself laughing yeah but he'd remember stuff that had happened before or he'd be talking to someone he'd, he'd just met who had one leg mm. but they'd be laughing and it made the time pass quicker and made a connection with the people he was with and it helped him to survive. And this, this survival thing, it's just quite yeah. amazing. I love it. And I also love, as Helen's pointed out, your copy of this book that yeah. you've got here. I it's mean, been through some hard times itself. It, it certainly it's has, hasn't it? It's lived a little. It's lived a life. I mean, the, the cover is half ripped. It you was know, once at the back. owned by Anne-Marie, uh, head of social education in Kilkenny, 5th of November, 1979. I love these books that always have in the front page of it somebody's name yeah. or someone's address or somebody's uh, <laughs> phone you, number where did you get that from? It was given to me by somebody. Right. And they obviously got it from somewhere. 5th of November 1979. And I was reading this in Palm Springs. And I was on holiday. I was going to Palm Springs on holiday. Yeah. I stayed at the Ace Hotel in Swim Club. Of course you did. Which is a bit, it wasn't, good, bit, good hammocks at the Ace Hotel. That, it, there is. Yeah. And it's a bit upmarket from the travel lodge. <laughs> and um, and I used the um, my uh, cloakroom ticket as the book, as the as the. What's so you will remember where Look you were mark. when you read the book. Yes. Another memory. Another yeah. memory. And yep. it brings back really good memories of Lovely. being in a hot Palm Springs mm. desert, reading this. Meaning. The, Re- being connected. See, it's full circle yes. there. Yeah, yeah. When you get a book that you are, that gives you all that, mm. there's happiness, isn't there? There certainly is. Yeah. And that is the, what we're talking about today, isn't it? Happiness and humour and all mm. these things. and. I loved both of your choices and both of those pitches. I've got to take one home. Well, I've got to, haven't I? That's the whole whole point. Drum roll. (laughs) We'll edit it in later. Um, Based on those two, I think... We're both drinking our tea so that we don't look disappointed. Don't look look at each other. Each of us loses, or one of us loses. I'm going to take Victory Frankel, I think. Because of of the... Just the the, the intrigue I have about how... how this can be written and and the logotherapy thing. And I want just, to read it now. I, well, I, I do. Really and I have read, read Start of a Ten, but I will say you're right. If anyone just yeah. needs one of those books... That's what it does. But escapism I want to see, and I want laughter. And this book is only 136 pages. Okay. Is that... You'll whiz through that. that. Yeah. But whiz you have to read that. it slowly and read it, read things over again but in to it to make it something, understand. as you very explained really well to take something from that it sounds almost obvious but it isn't and it's Mm. a reminder it's a reminder for your we have the power to live a better life if we can use our mind so that book we all need joe and i will will definitely go to some library and find it 
an, an old an, copy, an please. old copy, hopefully from 1979. <laughs> yeah. How do people listening find out a little bit more about this prize if they want to? Because it's as you said, it's announced in July. Isn't the winners it? are announced in July, but the comedy women in print. If you put all those words into the computer, then the website comes up. And I could That's have handy. said I could have said it slightly quicker, but it's just <laughs> like to make the story of it. Comedy women in print, and then you can become part of the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can support it and we're going to do she doesn't know what she's let itself in for and she's just preparing to be in another town I only just made it up the stairs I know she hasn't had time she doesn't have time to pretend she's somewhere else why is she putting her fingers in her ears I know so I'm but I'm going to have the light gets in festival in Henwai I'm doing quip events Um, there's it's it's the beginning of encouraging a, a light to be shone in it which is classy witty respectful just, you know, a bit of parity yeah. with the other literary landscapes. Well, it's really, really great that you've managed to do this after four years mm, and that it's yeah. existing and that mm. we will have a second year of it. I think it's great, yeah. yeah. Well done. <laughs> well, of course <laughs> you do. Um, and and it's. I look forward to finding out who the, who the winner's yeah, going to yeah. be. Yeah, it's going to be You've good You've got names. a task ahead of you now. I have. Oh, yes. But before that, we do need a second referendum. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, let's go for that. We'll slip that we'll one in. Worry about that. Worry about that later. Let's concentrate on the Comedy Women in Print but winner. Comedy Women in Print is going to help the civil unrest that is ahead of us. Good. Okay. That's, that's, that's that I've good nailed it now, haven't I? Oh, no. Yeah. Well done. And that's the line. That's, that's the line. Yeah. Um, and thank you both thank for you. joining me and fun. for bringing your books. It was really fun. Even though I didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> she won't hold it against me. I <laughs> thank you very, thank very much, you. both of you. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.